I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're you're tuned in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is time to talk Joe Burrow Thursday night football. Little recap. You've had time to go back and rewatch the tape. We talked about the offensive line on the last podcast. Make sure you check it out. It's Always Game Day Cincinnati. Subscribe, listen, tell your friends, download. Joe, how did Joe look for you when he had that? Uh, seemed like a pretty nice, clean pocket. He, a lot of people have compared it the best protection that he's had since he's been in Cincinnati. What did you think about his play? I thought Joe Burrow played pretty well. It really hasn't changed much since um, the last time I talked about it. Around a B. It's just, man, some of the misses just stick in your mind of Jamar Chase down the right side, and it's really underthrown. Um, Not the underthrow that they are debating, whether it was an underthrow, which would be like an inch or two, but like yards underthrown, and he had to jump up back into the defensive back to try to get it. That one sticks in my mind. Um, There's a couple others that he just – yeah, it just felt like he like sprayed it or just something happened. Um, one on the right side, again, uh, that just goes high out. Of, and I think it went out of bounds um, on the left side. I believe there was another miss out of bounds. It's just like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Burrow usually hits that. Burrow usually throws that closer. You know, at least if it's not deadly accurate, which I think he is, it's like, there it's what like maybe a yard off not uncatchable i don't think he threw very many uncatchable balls last year and there were a couple in this game so that just stops me from moving it to an a but i do think the pocket presence the movement in there everything like that has gotten much better oh there's one more i really wanted to take this shot um because Chase keeps pulling the single high safety to him and they had T on a go route and he goes inside release, but it doesn't matter because the safety's on the other, other side. I was like, Oh, second and six. That's a really good time. In my opinion, to take that shot. He ends up throwing it into the flat to mix in pretty quickly. And it's like a no, nothing play. It was somewhere between negative one and one yard. So it was just took him a third and six anyway. I was like, ah, that's a good time to take that shot. T would (laughs) look, it's like a 50% chance that he probably catches it, right? Because even though he had him beat a little bit, the ball has to be really, really good. And then he has to come down with it. And if it's a little bit underthrown, it becomes a contested ball. But look, the the 50% chance of getting an explosive play and your downside is third and six, that's worth it. So I want to see him take that shot. I think we've been talking a little bit too much about I want to see Burrow take that shot, that one shot. And last year it felt like he was a flamethrower. <laughs> you know, everything was a deep ball, but it's getting there. I think it's all coming back and just the accuracy is what I really want to see. I think the one, the miss on Chris Evans, I'm going to say that was more of just, 
I feel like Joe understands his connection with his receivers. When you think of even Joe Mixon, when he throws it up to Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase or T Higgins or Tyler Boyd. But I felt like that's just kind of like just not super the chemistry is really there with him. I think it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit the guy's like five foot nine. So <laughs> the ball, if it's like an inch off, it seems he can't come down with it. I also, I don't want to say for sure. It's hard to tell, but I'm not sure if Evans saw it too well because it felt like he was right left and then kind of like dove for it. Whereas when you see a guy that's able to track it really well, like Jamar Chase is just like one look, one look, one look over the shoulder. Um, so that was probably getting a little bit too cute. They knew they were going to get a good matchup, but even, even like, I feel like I'm trying to think of who they like Tyler Boyd there, but sometimes they gave Boyd quite a bit of attention. So yeah, I mean, when you think of the slot fade, I'm trying to think of who I would want there that isn't Chris Evans. Chris Evans might be the best option. Joe Mixon's taller. If you can get him on a linebacker, I could see that working. But unless Chris Evans beats the guy as bad as he did in Detroit when he ran that go route and just toasted that linebacker, it's hard to get him when the defender's close just because he's so small. I think mm-hmm. you go back to week one and even, you know, just early on in week two for Joe Burrow. And he was turning over the ball, giving it to the other team. And I think that's kind of more of the lack of reps. And you could some people could say that's not playing in preseason. Joe couldn't have played in preseason, even if they wanted him to, just because he was coming off of his surgery. But at the same time, Joe seems to be taking care of the ball. I, I like when they take chances down the field. When they do take chances, good things happen. We saw that with Tyler Boyd. We saw that with Jamar Chase. We saw that with T Higgins down the sideline goes into the end zone but I think that's one of the positives too while this offensive line plays better Joe's making really good decisions that aren't the week one that we saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah he's not forcing much right now uh that's what we want uh especially against teams that they uh I don't know if they're 100 on paper better than the Dolphins I mean Dolphins are three now and they beat the Bills and all these other things you know they're a good team um but if he was playing this way against Pittsburgh, even if he, he, I think he hit the balance of taking his shots, even though I want to take one more, taking the shots, but also checking it down and keeping the ball safe when he needs to. He's not taking the drive killing sacks. There's a lot that's going really well for Burrow it, it, in his, you know, head wise, you know, processing, doing the right thing. So that's all there. Just need the accuracy to come in. But yeah, no. Uh, no turnovers from him in the past three weeks, I don't think. The no. only turnover I can think of is the Jamar Chase drop fumble issue. So, I mean, if that got ruled a drop, we're talking about a team with no turnovers in three straight weeks. But because that was ruled a fumble, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, – I, this will not be an official bashing podcast because I can't stand them at all. And even though I know that tweeting at NFL officiating will never help, I'll always do it because they're so terrible at their jobs. But that's just not what this is about. Um, (laughs) But it's just when they go to review and they still don't feel like they get it right. That's the one that bothers me. Live, I know it's hard. But when you go to review, it's like, come on. (laughs) Again, this is. This is we get 30 seconds to talk about this for one second because I'm going to bring it up because we didn't talk about it after it happened. We didn't really go in depth on how that officiating is, but I do want to talk about it. Not that it changed the game and the Jets game. It wasn't a factor at all. The Bengals won either way. So, (laughs) But 
you're not going to count T. Higgins for a touchdown in that game, but you're going to tell me that Jamar Chase fumbled the ball, ball and not, I, I'll never, I'll never like that. I thought the rule would be that he has to be able to tuck it and then turn. I don't know the exact rule, but that's what it feels like. Catch and get it into the body, unless they're just going to catch it and hold it out type thing. T does that sometimes really strong hands, arms. Um, but yeah, when they catch it and go to tuck it, he clearly caught it, turned to tuck, and the ball just fell down. That so much feels like a drop to me because, man, if that's a fumble, there's so many fumbles, you know? And that's kind of what I thought when they first changed the ruling. I was like, oh, there's going to be a lot more fumbles. But this is an extreme one. They're like, I don't think he caught that, man. He took like one step and he didn't even get the ball into his body yet. He was trying to tuck it and that's where it fell. I'll never forgive them for the Logan Wilson call. I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> they're an evil bunch, but um, they're probably not listening to the podcast, so it's totally fine. I'll just make sure that I keep telling them how bad they are at their jobs. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, but moving on, someone who's not normally that, he's, he's struggling. He's struggling right now. We've talked plenty about the run game, but Joe Mixon talked to the media. He talked for like 20 to 25 minutes the other day on Monday. They get back to practice tomorrow on Wednesday. We're recording on a Tuesday. And he said he had a players-only meeting, not one of those ones where it's like things are going wrong because obviously they won two two games in a matter of less than a week, but more of, hey, I want to talk with my offensive line. We're going to group up. We're going to talk about what I need to do better, what maybe they can do better, what he's used to when it comes to the protection, the line. And obviously Joe Mixon has played with terrible offensive lines. And I would say this is probably his best one. So a lot of people are scratching their head. Hey, is Joe hurt? What's going on with him? He's not the same Joe Mixon. Yeah, running back's life in the NFL isn't super long. But at the same time, I feel like Joe's going to have his burst of a game soon. What did you think about Joe kind of just pulling his offensive line aside and just saying, Hey, let's talk about, let's talk about the problems right now. It felt like a positive type meeting. Like they were just like, Hey, I you know, we need to iron this. It's not Joe pulling them in and going, you bums need the block. No, it seemed very much like, uh, what can I do to help you? What can you, and I'll let you know what you can do to help me and what can you guys do help each other type thing. And what do we like to do? What do we not like to do? And it feels like the Bengals coaching staff is very, um, I try to think of the word, but like they, they listen really well to uh, the players and they take it into account understanding, um, so I think if they come from that meeting, I think this meeting happened on Wednesday, but that's a quick turnaround. Yes, it was. It was game. Wednesday. That's my bad for the, the wrong day on that. But yeah, it was Wednesday before the Thursday night game. Yeah, that's such a quick turnaround to try to do the Thursday one. And uh, But um, for the next game, you got the mini bye week. Maybe they just talk to Frank and Zach and Brian and just like, hey, this is these are the plays we really like to run. And I think we all see this on the same page because there is a chemistry between the offensive line and the running back where the offensive line is trying to define the read for the running back on most plays, um, especially zone plays like that. And then on the power plays, I think there is a little bit of a tempo issue. I think Mixon is sometimes too quick to give up 
on what's happening in front of him and move to the bounce type read. And sometimes he's getting that ball and I, I don't see it as too slow. I, and I know this sounds very counterintuitive on these uh, downhill plays. I don't see him as too slow because what, what usually happens is he sees it and then he's like, ah, they're not getting enough push. Let me, let me go try to create over here. But a lot of times it opens up right after. And I know that sounds very counterintuitive, especially to my mentions about Mixon's dancing around too much back there. But I actually feel like just just like a slight hesitation or something a little bit longer to let those blocks develop. Because this is a pretty this, – this is probably the best line he's played with. Uh, but they are trying to figure everything out. They're trying to figure out what schemes work best with each other. And they're trying to get the tempo right for Mixon and the offensive line. Maybe he wants a little bit more – sounds stupid but you know get turn your hips a little bit more get show me the because what they read is usually the butt of the offensive line so you get, get a little bit more that's what they're talking about they're trying to figure it out they gotta get on the same page it's all different people but the benefit yeah. is you know when he is pulling this offensive line aside he's only he was only pulling a few people and like you said this was a definitely a positive step it was definitely you, you know when teams like are struggling and they can't get it going they always kind of have those player only meetings and that's never a good thing for coaching staff but zach taylor even talked about it in his press conference on monday and he was very optimistic that you know that was a good decision they're very open like you said to listening to what they're talking about and you know how to change that and i think there's a benefit because you have a guy like frank pollock who is the offensive line coach and also the run game coordinator so working that in being that coach for for both sides of the ball and, and helping in the run game is is really helpful for your offensive line coach and your offensive line and your running back and Joe Mixon. Frank seems very uh, open to communication with players. It said he wanted to, I know when they brought in Karras, he said, well, Karras has worked with some really good players. I want to hear what he has to say about doing things. And, you know, maybe I'll listen and make some changes there. He also seems to have really great relationships with like, all of his players. That's why Collins wanted to come here. Mixon was the most excited person when he came back. Uh, a whole bunch of like the, the players love the guy. So I think that lends itself to he communicates well with them. So whatever they came out of there with, they probably feel open enough with him and like him enough to go, hey, these are what we think works. This is what we don't think works. These are a couple changes maybe we want to make. Maybe even to get the, the tempo right, maybe they want Mixon to, you know, take like a little bit of a half step extra in the backfield before he, I don't know, before he pushes forward or something like that. Just let those things develop and um I don't know. I think it was very positive. This wasn't an 0-5, 1-6 type players only meeting where they're just like, this coach's staff sucks. We got to come together. <laughs> because I think it's <clears throat> the chemistry between the offensive line and running back is just off a little bit. So they want to get that working together a little bit stronger. And, you know, it probably does help when they talk to each other about these are the plays we really like to run. What are the plays you guys are doing, think you're doing really well with? And what can I do to do better? What can you do to do better? It just seems very much like a very smooth type of meeting to me that I, I, I think it was, a, I think it was a good idea. So I don't think this was a bad thing. And um also, I believe Mixon said he's feeling great. Now, I don't know if that means he's feeling great now that he got to take a mini buy or if he's feeling great as in there was nothing really wrong in the past week. So I still think there might have been an injury lingering, but um, I'm hoping that the mini buy got him a little bit extra rest and maybe he comes out strong in the Ravens game because, I mean, I think they will need to put up some points against this team um, and Mixon will be a big part of that. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think when you talk about rest, it's going to be beneficial for a lot of people on this team. Lyle Collins, who we've talked about, you know, feeling like he's dealing with a lingering back issue. We'll get the first practice report update when it comes to injuries tomorrow and Thursday. And that's when you get really a feel for, you know, who's questionable and a game time decision. I feel like I said before on the previous podcast, he's going to be someone we don't really see out there practice that much, uh, but we'll still be participating in the meeting rooms, all of that behind the scenes, but ready to go for game day. And same thing with T Higgins. You know, we saw the game from T Higgins on Thursday night football and that guy, he rolls his ankle early on in the game and he's still showing off out there. Like, yeah, I still got it. I'm still a wide receiver number one on a lot of rosters playing like it right now. I want to get to the wide receiver room in just a little bit because we got plenty on Jamar Chase, T Higgins, the weapons. We've talked plenty about Joe Burrow, the offensive line. We're going to talk about that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.